the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Pastor Scott Show. It's good to be with you. You know, I made an observation this weekend that there's an awful lot of dads who return diapers at Costco. I'm just saying there's there's probably something to that. I don't know what that is. Maybe I'll explore it another time. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at pastorscott at kkla.com. Hey, we got some serious things to talk about today, uh, particularly about parents' rights in California and something that you have to know about. And this is for real. There's crazy stuff going on, right, when it comes to, to parents. I was reading right before we got on the air a teacher in the United Kingdom. This is happening everywhere, so I want to bring it down to California, but I want you to know this is a a global thing happening, whatever this thing is. A teacher in UK was fired ultimately because she misgendered a couple of uh, 11-year-old girls. There was a group of 11-year-old girls who came in and she said, good morning, girls. And apparently they don't all go by girls. And uh, after she was forced to apologize, then she was not given a... uh, a re-up on her contract, and so she's fired, essentially, for that. In California, a uh, a mother named Aurora Regino said she was shocked after her school district issued a parental secrecy policy, to or used a parental secrecy policy, as she calls it, to hide her 11-year-old daughter's gender transition process, and uh, they ignored her request to have something involved. You know, when I think about this, I wonder, like, I'm not really wondering, but... Is my son Jane, uh, Jeff, really Jane? Maybe so. Maybe from like, (laughs) that could happen. That could be happening to your kids out there. Well, here's the story, and then we'll bring it here to California. Washington State just passed a bill, governor will sign it, to allow children to be legally taken from parents if they don't consent to gender transition. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to explain that because that sounds crazy, right? What do you mean that they're, you know, my initial reaction to that kind of a headline is, and certainly the headline is partially there to get clicks and to get you to read it, but you should read it. Washington state passed a bill allowing children to be legally taken away from their parents for not consenting to gender transition procedures on their child. Senate Bill 5599 in Washington state. Shelters could contact the Department of Children, Youth, and Families instead of parents for minors who are seeking either reproductive health services, i.e. abortions, or gender-affirming care. And what it means is a kid runs away and goes to one of these shelters and says, my parents won't let me do this, and the state now has the authority to not contact the parents and not bring the child home. What you need to know is that is something that is being considered right here in California. With me to talk about it is Jennifer Kennedy, lawyer and advocate and good friend of the Pastor Scott Show. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to uh, get to tell people what's going on out there in our own state. And you know, Jennifer, I do think when, when people hear that headline, 
to allow children to be legally taken from parents. Maybe, you know, in my mind, the image is, you know, there's some kind of crazy group coming into my house and pulling my kids out of their bedroom. And I think that it it might cause people to think that. But it's not exactly that, but it's something that is actually true. And we want to talk about how that is happening here in California. I agree with you, Scott, that hearing those headlines sometimes makes people tune out and they think, oh, that could never happen. The problem is, is that the language of these bills actually can let that happen when you take it to the down the slippery slope to its natural extreme. And this is what we're seeing. We've got a bill right now in California that's very scary. We have several that are very scary. And the one that mirrors this a lot is our AB665. And AB665 is extremely alarming because it seeks to allow our 12-year-olds to consent to group homes, just Mm. like what you were talking about in Washington with these children who can go to group homes and access this supposed gender-affirming care. AB665 wants to allow children 12 and older to be able to consent without parental notice or parental consent to be taken to what's called residential shelters. This means a group home of almost any kind licensed under the state, at which place they can receive whatever care they're supposed to get without the parents even knowing they have been taken there. You know, it is um, when when we're talking about group homes, can you explain what that is in California? Like what? Why would a child be in a group home to begin with? Well, for uh, group homes are going to serve lots of different purposes, but often they're for runaway youth, mm. okay, homeless youth. However, they're not only for runaway and homeless. They are going to be places where they have LGBT group homes, for example, where it's considered a safe space for the LGBT identifying or trans identifying kids. And there are so many different types of homes, whether they're large or small, whether they're run by licensed practitioners or other types of professionals uh, that are licensed under state law, whether they're run by the government where it's a medical thing or a private home. It's just so many unknowns mm. where a child could be taken. And many times these group homes are no safer and in fact are more unsafe than anywhere the child could be. These are places, think of San Francisco, right? Think of a home down the sidewalk on San Francisco mm. where it's unregulated, it's it's unlocked doors, kids are coming and going, you don't know who's in there and you don't know who's running it. Yeah. But these are the types of places that kids can be taken under this law, AB665. And so a child who goes down to one of the, or if a child runs away, you know, sometimes kids, you know, they leave and they've got, this is an emotional issue, right? So when we're talking about particularly gender dysphoria issues, many of us are arguing, no, this is a mental issue. This is a mental health issue. It's it's not something that we should just consider to be normative behavior or normative uh, feelings. Almost everybody, in fact, the studies say by the time they get a little bit older, it works out, right? Almost every single person, right? You're, you're pretty, most of the time you're straight, sometimes you're gay, but you almost never want to change your gender. Exactly. By the time they say that puberty is almost the cure for this gender dysphoria right. and this gender confusion. You let the child get through puberty and finally reach a comfort level in their fully sexed body, as we say. And the vast majority of children desist. They don't continue yeah. with this gender dysphoric behavior. So when we go down this road, a lot of what is happening, and I believe this is happening, is that it's 
it's a contagion, they say, right? It's becoming something that's popular for kids to do. Even though it's destructive, it becomes identity. And unfortunately, it's not healthy. It's not a good thing. And yet I can understand why a teenager, junior high age, a little older, would run away and say, Mom or Dad, they're not letting me take these drugs, and I'm going into puberty, and I wanted to stop it, or I want to have my breast removed, or I Mm -hmm. want to do all this stuff that's uncomfortable for us to talk about or to acknowledge that's happening, but it's happening all the time. And being celebrated, and the government is going along with this. That's that's what's the shocking and appalling part, is that our government is, our legislature is uh, encouraging it, and our schools. As you mentioned yeah. early, that, that issue within Chico Unified, mm-hmm. with the mom, Aurora Regino, whose child was uh, transitioned behind her back. The schools have these parental secrecy policies, where they feel they are compelled to withhold this information from parents that their child is socially transitioning on campus. And in fact, strange up in Chico Unified, they just had a board meeting. This is the district that is sued right now in federal court for having this parental secrecy policy, and they voted to keep it. They 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 talked about how oh no we don't have it at all, but then they voted well we're actually going to keep whatever right. they, that policy they, was. They denied having it, and then they voted to keep what they don't have. Yes, exactly. Essentially, it's crazy. It's it is crazy, but this is for real, folks. This is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Jennifer Kennedy. Jennifer. Uh, you know, why is it maybe this isn't even answerable, but I think people say, why is this happening? What is the agenda here? It's not just California. You know, we might think of ourselves as we're on the left coast and, you know, kind of weird out here, but it's happening uh, in Washington. They're ahead of us, as they are in a lot of these sorts of issues, homelessness and other things. But we're seeing this in other countries. We are seeing this attitude from government in particular against parents, against what I would say as a parent is a right of parents. Yes, and I would say you're you're right. It feels it's so strangely global. It's also strangely across our nation. They're not even waiting for California to do it first to infect the nation. Right. Um, you're seeing a coordinated attack on the nuclear family. You're seeing a coordinated wedge driven between children and parents. Mm-hmm. What is the effect of that? Right. When you fracture the nuclear family and when you separate children from parents, this is societal breakdown. That then these other kind of victimized, aggrieved parties can take those people. And I got to say, it's hard to understand what is the motive there. Why would they do that kind of thing except for social chaos, number one, and also to usher in the victim class that then votes for these people, keeps them in power and empowers these other laws. And um, it weakens society. You know, it, it is something that people do need to pay attention to, that we in many of our cities across the country we vote out people who are in in power and then replace them with people with the same philosophies, right? I think that that's something that we're not understanding, right, from a, a electoral standpoint, is that we we vote maybe along party line and mm-hmm. we don't acknowledge what that means, you know, as far as real policy. And I think that's something that we have to think about here. I mean, obviously, in California, most of the people, most of it is coming from the Democratic Party. In Washington, it's the same way. 100% of Democrats voted for this bill. 100% of Republicans voted against it. That isn't to say the Republicans don't have some other dumb thing they're trying to do, but they don't have any power. That's right. And there's no power here. That's right. right. So the power ultimately is going to come back to voters in both parties. 
right? It's and independence. That's exactly right. And because, you know, parental rights is a nonpartisan issue. We should have parents right. on both sides coming together to say we are important. We are the directors of our children's care and upbringing. And this isn't a red or blue issue. But people need this is we're in a horrible time of extraordinary change. And people can no longer sit back and say, well, politicians are corrupt and we can't do anything about it. You must do something about it. And with specific regard to AB 665, mm-hmm. it's sitting up there in the Senate right now. It has not been assigned to a committee. You must pick up the phone, call your senator, call your representatives. If you need to find them, go to findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. And you must call them and say, you object, because 665 is state-sanctioned kidnapping. AB 665 will help children run away. Mm-hmm. And it will facilitate runaways who are intent on running away anyway. But this is the bill that's going to send a child to school to talk to a counselor. The counselor says, oh, you don't feel, quote, safe at home. You want a safe place to stay the night. And that child doesn't come home from school. And the yeah. parents are left wondering and trying to pull in law enforcement to find this child. And no one is telling them where their child has gone. I, I think, you know, again, when we hear that, we want to say not in America. You we know, want to say that's crazy. That, I can't know, imagine that. But this issue, you know, we have had, you know, in this particular issue, and, and I've said a lot on this program, a lot of these kids, the trans kids or even that community is being abused by the people who say that they're there to help them. And that these kids grow up and they realize that later. That's why we have so many people detransing and giving their testimony about exactly. how they were forced into making horrific decisions. And one of those decisions would be to leave my home and not be in my home with my parents, however awful I've decided they are. Now, some parents are awful, right? There's a physical abuse, sexual abuse. There's terrible things in some homes. That's why we have these group homes. But today's kids think their parent is awful because they limit their video games or because, <laughs> right. Right, because they can't have Fruit Loops for dinner. They had to wash the dishes a couple too they many times. They had to times. do a chore, right? Uh, they don't have as nice a phone as somebody else has. It, we, have a, we have chaos going on in our homes, and the government is – I don't want to say they're causing it because we have to take responsibility – but there's certainly a movement that's on board with it. Well, you know what's interesting about the kids who do come from that very small minority mm-hmm. of homes that might not be supportive or that might not be welcoming of this type of decision by kids. There's already protections in law existing right now. Those kids are able to consent to both counseling and to consent to residential shelter if some uh, conditions are met. And those conditions, as we know, are danger to the child. Are they suicidal or harmful to others? Or danger to the child at home. That already is allowed in state law. What's happening with AB 665 is that this bill wants to take away those guardrails to let any child consent to mental health counseling and to residential shelter without those guardrails of danger to the child existing. That's the attack on the parental rights. I think guardrails is a, is a great term, right, that we're supposed to have freedom, you know, not unlimited freedom just to do whatever we want, but a functioning society is going to have guardrails to, you know, to keep you from doing something that damages the whole of society. Mm-hmm. But if you remove those, what happens? You drive off the cliff. Yeah. And, and, and it's your children, sadly, driving that car. Yeah. They've been allowed, they've been put behind, behind the wheel by other adults when they really shouldn't have that responsibility. 
This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. If you'd like to call in, 888-528-2557. My guest is Jennifer Kennedy, who is, as you can tell, an advocate for parents. She is an attorney who knows her stuff on all of this, and it's always great to have you on because we need to know. And I, I think, you know, you mentioned a second ago, call your representative. Do you think that our representatives even know what's in these bills? Actually, I don't. I mean, I I fully believe that they do not pay attention. They cannot possibly pay attention to all 1,500 bills that come across their desk any session. It's a massive amount of... uh, Yes, and I called my own uh, senator the other day and asked, hey, is the senator aware of AB 665? And the aide answered honestly, no. No, he's not. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important to let them know, hey, this is what this bill does. This is what the text of the bill says, and I disapprove. Specifically with 665, you're going to hear a lot of confusing talk that this is actually allowing kids, um, low-income kids, access to mental health. They're playing games. They have a smokescreen out there that this is somehow income equity or race equity. They can say whatever they want. There's always a positive spin to it. And that's the only thing. And sometimes even a positive reason. Sometimes there's a legitimate reason. And it sounds so good. However... The true that, again, you go to the text of that law and they add in those little words, residential shelter to the uncontrolled minor access. And that's the effect of the law. 888-528-2557. You want to take a call? We got a call from uh, Steve. Steve and Pico Rivera. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Steve? Hi, Steve. You there? All right, Steve, I'm going to put you on hold and we'll come back to you, Steve. Just uh, don't go away. Um, you know, I think that's really interesting that our representatives don't know. We've seen this before, right? In uh, we've seen this in our our national government. Remember, uh, Nancy Pelosi famously said, "I think it was about the health care bill, right?" Exactly. Totally, that we have to pass it to find out what's in it. Right. Right? Nobody could read that thing. That was like three Warren pieces on top of yeah, each other. Yeah, you know, I read a lot of it. Did you? Oh, I did. I sat down. I was up all night, like reading it uh, and just trying to find. There's some stuff in there, right? That you go, what is this? But Another headline, I didn't read the article, but I've heard this take before, that uh, the bureaucracy in our government is almost a a fourth branch of the government, right? But somebody runs that branch, right? That's the thing is our our representatives don't know what's in the bill. But somebody knows what's in the bill. That's right. And you know what? They, they rely a lot of the time on, number one, what their party tells them to vote for, and number two, what their aides say. And here's another thing. They rely on the legislative analysis. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you have this legislative analysis that's supposedly prepared independently in a nonpartisan manner. But I can tell you, in AB 665 in particular, they do not mention the fact that residential shelter for the first time is being proposed to be given to kids, to allow them to consent to it with none of those guardrails. Yeah. They completely ignore that fact. You know, a lot of parents I know who are listening or maybe grandparents, you know, their kids are kind of rebellious, right? And they have trouble at home with all kinds of things. This is scary. This should be an alarming because the kids don't know better. That's part of the whole argument, right, is that how can a 12-year-old consent to major surgery you know, right. or, or major health care issues when we don't think they can consent to even having a beer. Yes, right? and here's another good argument is that 
specifically with regard to the the trans notion and the idea that they are born in the wrong body and they need to be a different sex. These are children who have not even fully experienced their own bodies as that sex. They have not experienced what it's like to be. How can they say they want to change forever? Yeah. And we experience things different as we get older. Of course. Unfortunately, I figured out. But, you know, (laughs) in the passage. All right. Let's try uh, Steve again. The number is 888-528-2557. If you have any questions. Questions for our guest Jennifer Kennedy, Steve, and Pico Rivera. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Okay, here we go, uh, <clears throat> Scott, uh, Jennifer. My biggest concern is not just six six five, but as a parent, I would prefer to find out who is actually writing this bill. Are they two people that's writing it? Is it an organization? The origin of the written of the bill simply because if they're not in my area here. They're probably in California, and you got thousands of listeners, Scott, and many times those listeners have relatives, cousins, good friends, or something that may be in that area where this individual is writing, you know, a district, whatever the case may be. Okay, Steve, that's, a, that's an excellent that point. Name. You bet. Yeah. I can tell you exactly. On this bill, 6 is 5 in particular, it's written by Assemblywoman, it's, I'm going to say this, it's introduced by Assemblywoman Wendy Carrillo, and the co-author, the principal co-author author is Senator Scott Wiener. And you know, to use an old motto, if the name says Wiener, it's got to be bad. <laughs> you know, he's not the only one with that name who is... Is doing some nefarious things That's legally. That's right. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think it's something biblical about that when I read the Old Testament, read all those names that mean something. It does. You know, I, that's not really fair, but it's, uh, we'll just kind of move on. But, you know, these, you're, we've said just a second ago, somebody's writing these. That's right. And right? often, Steve makes a great point. Mm. It's often special interests yeah. who bring this. And so is the bill text actually written by a trans activism group or an LGBT group? That's possible. And they hand it to the um, introducer or the legislator, and that person simply pushes it through. That's an unknown right now, except we know that uh, Wendy Carrillo is defending this bill, again, as um, an equity thing. We're giving lower-income kids greater access to mental care, mental health. But our, you know, maybe we got to take a break. Do you know? Is that something that even lower-income parents would be for? I just certain healthcare things, yes, I'm sure. But this kind of thing, I don't think parents in any part of society are for this kind of thing. I got to take a break. We'll come back to your calls and we'll be with Jennifer Kennedy on this. And Jennifer, um, there's other bills that people should be aware of. And once again, the website to go call. And that was part of Steve's point, I think, is what if the people writing this or pushing this are not not my senator. Oh, good point. That's right. Uh, so let's talk about that as soon as we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'm here with Jennifer Kennedy. You can call with your questions at 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. I'm here with Jennifer Kennedy, who is an an attorney and advocate uh, for you who knows what's going on in Sacramento, unlike many of our representatives in Sacramento. And Jennifer, that's what we were talking about a moment ago. And one of our callers said, hey, you know, how do I reach out to my senator or, you know, what if they don't know or what if it's happening really in another district? So the we're talking about some bills that will cause... Uh, give the state the authority to do, take your kids away if you do not 
uh, give in to their demands for gender-affirming care, among other things. You know, um, do they know? Like, how do we even help them know? Isn't that part of the reason for calling? Because maybe they don't. They Absolutely. Really don't they probably, they, they might not know the text of the bill. They might not know what it actually does. They might not even be aware of it at all. If their focus is not um, kids and education or mental health, they're just not paying attention and their party is going to tell them how to vote. And they pay attention to something else, a pet project. For example, one of the bills that's out there that's also undermining parental rights is AB 957. Okay. And that's going to that dovetails with AB 665. It's going to tell the family courts that it's always in the best interest of a child to affirm child gender transition. I call it forced affirmation because it wants to stick into our family code law that this is always and only the way to be. What happens when you have that in a custody situation? That means a judge is going to have to favor an affirming parent over a non-affirming parent. Mm -hmm. This is wrong and extremely scary. It makes that a... Uh, basically a court-mandated bias. That's right. right. This is what the right position is for a judge in a custody dispute. And how dare the legislature tell the judiciary that that's what they have to do. It's the judge's job to do fact-finding and to listen to the evidence of the unique family before it, not decide as a matter of law that you always have to affirm child gender transition, something as controversial as that right now. Yeah. But that's what AB 957 seeks to do. That bill has passed our assembly floor. It's over in our Senate, and it's in the Rules Committee. And like Steve said, if you don't know who's on the Rules Committee, you just look them up on the California legislature, and you can call the Rules Committee members and say, number one, we urge you to send this to as many hearings as possible, and we oppose this. Would it be reasonable to, as you make that phone call, to have it in your mind that maybe the person you're calling doesn't even understand what you're talking about. They've just not heard this. They haven't read the bill. Nobody in their office knows. That's possible, isn't it? Yes, and not only possible, but that's a great way to look at it, that you're actually providing information Mm -hmm. that they don't know about, and you're doing them a favor by educating them what not only that the point of this bill is, but why specifically it's bad. And we don't want to take the position that everyone up there knows about these horrible bills and they're pushing them on purpose because they're evil. We need to take the position of, hey, did you realize what this the law is actually doing and why we oppose it? And when you speak to staffers and aides to the legislators, they are just as um, powerful in passing that message along to the legislator um, as getting to the legislator him or herself. Yeah, I think it's because they think this is crazy also, right? It's crazy sort of they'll say far-right politics or far-left or something else. Like There's these groups, right, that you don't want to be associated with. And so you just, for your own reasons, you just don't even think about it, that it's actually everybody. I'm looking again at this uh, Bill AB 957, and uh, also Scott Wiener uh, is one of the... He's a San Francisco... uh, from San Francisco, and the other people writing these bills are from uh, Sacramento or the general area, right? Mm-hmm. So this uh, it, it just depends. You know, Scott Weiner's agenda is it's always questionable because the man has no children. Why? Why is he constantly writing bills that affect parental rights and that lower the age of consent for minors in almost every um, arena? That is interesting, right? Because you know. Uh, we were talking about who really is writing this, 
right? Somebody, he must be the person who's receptive to whatever group wants to pursue these agendas. Yes, you see these, you see this happening with the special interests. You know, they call the special interests sometimes the fourth house, where lobbyists will present a bill to a legislator to push through, and that it really hasn't been written by the legislator at all. Famous example, AB5, written by the unions, right. sent to Lorena Gonzalez. That's a whole other topic. whole other topic. But yeah. that's the one that um, it's, it's for private contractors. It killed the independent contractors. Right. Right. California. Right. That's right. And it, absolutely union written, union driven, uh, designed to push people into union, you know, dues paying roles yeah. and to crush independent contracting. But which it is destroyed what it the uh, person who wants to play their guitar at the coffee shop for tips. Absolutely. Right? The coffee shop it, now has to hire you as an employee in order for you to provide their live music. Well, right? kind of technically. It's it's a little, it, you, know, you know, it destroyed the long lens operator on the film shoot. It destroyed the second bassist in the wedding band. It destroyed mm-hmm. the all the princesses right. who go to the princess parties, you know. Um, it really, and not only, it also destroyed independent professionals like translators, interpreters, writers, cartoonists, anybody that had an independent profession. Yeah, and that's why people shouldn't shy away when you hear the headline, the government has passed a bill that will allow the government to take your kids away. That sounds crazy, but it is an actual possible effect of the language of the bill, even if that's not the intention. That's right. And that's what you hear, Scott, all the time. You'll hear in the press releases and the press conferences, the legislators saying, no, 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 that's just alarmist. This isn't intended to do that at all. But you have to go back to them and say, well, that's what the language is going to allow. That's what the courts will look at when they're enforcing that bill. They're just going to look at the language of the bill. And so when you have a family judge told that he must uh, favor the parent who affirms a child's gender transition, that's what's going to happen. People are going to lose custody over that issue. Over that singular issue. Mm-hmm. All right, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, I'm here with Jennifer Kennedy. A couple of calls here we have time for. Uh, Peggy in Temple City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead, Peggy. Hi, so um, I have a couple of concerns. One is our governor, Newsom, you know, for a very long time has had his children in private schools and homeschooled. And, you know, I feel like it's really hypocritical for him to push his agendas down us as Christians. And we do have rights as well, you know, and they're trying to um, attack our children with these agendas. And I don't feel like it's fair or right. If he feels that way, why doesn't he push that agenda down his children? Why does he have to do that to our Christian children? And the other thing I want to mention is that as Christians, um, you know, they're always trying to push their agendas down our throat and saying, you know, we have to believe the way they believe, but yet they are contrary to how we believe. In fact, they hate us as Christians or our beliefs. And I feel like it's really hypocritical. It is. And idea. Peggy, you bring up a very, very good point about Christianity in schools, for example, and there's, you know, you can't have it. Let's turn this on its head. The parental secrecy policies right now that schools say, oh, we can't possibly tell parents about their children uh, gender transitioning on campus. What do you think would happen if uh, teachers were talking to children about Jesus every day in secret and maybe baptizing Secretly them at lunch? baptizing exactly. the children at lunch. <laughs> at lunch, right? But it was just our secret and we don't need to tell the parents. You better believe those parent secrecy policies would be done in a heartbeat, See, right? And my feeling is exactly. that that parents on the left and right, Peggy, thank you very much for your call. My feeling is that parents on the left and right do care. You know, as a pastor, sometimes your kid goes to 
high school camp and gets baptized without the parents' permission, right? And it's an issue even in church, right? Parents care about decisions their kid is making, but ultimately being baptized is not something that is harming them physically, right? It's not something that is, you know, it's something the parents get over quite a bit. They would just say, we prefer if we would have known about it. Right. Now, we're talking about life-changing decisions, physically altering yourself or making chemical decisions about your body that you can never get back. And even, Scott, even when you look at what's called social transitioning, where the child is, quote, only presenting as the opposite gender, wearing opposite gender clothing, using pronouns, using a name that is an opposite sex uh, identity, even that, though, that's a psychosocial mental intervention. That is a psychological change for that child that is affecting their brain. So yes, it's one step before medical interventions, but I think it's just as powerful and just as difficult for a child to manage on his or her own without their parents involved. Yeah. Um, 888-528-2557. Denise in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. And this is a wonderful topic because I was actually tracking some legislation and I would tell people and they'd roll their eyes and they'd say, thank you, and looking at me as if I'm neurotic. And here we are. And it was back in 2017 that I came across Canadian Bill 89 that mirrors this to a T. Mm. Canadian Bill 80, uh, 89 uh, passed without any... Um, Uh, what do I say, Uh, the public vote. There is no public vote on this. It was all passed in the legislation, just like this is being done. Yes, and And that's uh, scary, isn't it, where you're really not having a lot of public input on these things that the legislature... It's kind of how we started out, that this is also global. This is something that is much bigger. I think it's spiritual. I think it is part of what happens as the... It's not just happening in our country. It's happening globally the move away from a true belief in God, move away from any understanding that there's a a moral foundation that is true. And if you take all that away, then there's also not a moral reason to uh, keep parents in the loop. It's not a moral purpose of parents. There's That's not right. A, there's Why? not a moral purpose of male and female or even medical care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are incremental also. The, you put these into law. For example, if you put this into the family code, that child gender transition is always the best thing, pretty soon you're going to see that over in the health and safety and in the medical codes and in welfare and institutions. It's going to be suddenly the public policy of every state law in California that that's always what we do. Yeah. It's a creep that we see, and that's we have right. to stop it. Denise, thank you for your call. Hey, we have, uh, we're have we running out of time here, and uh, my guest is Jennifer Kennedy. Jennifer, remind us uh, about the two bills that we've talked about on today's show and also how people can easily find the name of their representative to call. Okay, sure. We've been talking about AB665. That's the state-sanctioned kidnapping. It's going to help kids run away. Right now, you need to contact your senator, your state senator. And we've talked about AB957. That's also sitting over in the Senate, and that's the forced affirmation of child gender transition. If you don't know your state senator or your state assembly member, you just go to findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. So easy. You just put in your address and your zip code and it tells you exactly who those two people are. Pick up the phone today and give them a call, please. And remember that you don't need to call and be hostile because whether your representative is a Republican or a Democrat, they probably don't know 
don't understand. And honestly, I find most of the time they're willing to listen, right? Their office is very helpful. They will take notes. And the more calls they get, the more serious they know their voters are. So at the end of the day, also keep in mind, they all want to get reelected. That's right. And the more calls they get, the more they realize, ooh, perhaps this is one of the ones I should pay attention to. That's right. That's why phone calls make a lot of sense uh, to do and to – and you can't wait. You can't wait a year and a half to vote. And probably you just elect the same people, different face next time around anyway. You've got to call, be involved. And it's a way to do it. It's a simple thing to do. Uh, Jennifer, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? Well, right now they can. I'm, I got a website under it's construction, but right now, oh yes, yeah. we will have <laughs> a special got... show. <laughs> All about theme. my website. There will be there will be like special music <laughs> and balloons. Right now, excellent. It will be a special release. Right now, you can find me uh, on Facebook. That's an easy one at Jennifer Lynn, actually. Um, and we'll have that website for you as soon as possible, so I can push this content out. All right, you can easier. also send me an email at Scott at, at Pastor Scott at kkla.com Pastor Scott at kkla.com. Jennifer, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. And thank, uh, you. thank you for all the work that you're doing because, you know, it's hard for us. It's hard for me to even track these kinds of issues, and they're, they're under the radar. We they often, are. Like in Washington State and them passing this very bill, we often don't hear about it until it's done. Until it's too late and too people late. don't believe it happened. That's yeah. right. Thank you, All Scott. Right, Jennifer, thanks for being with me today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I see your calls up there, Ted and Don. I'll get your calls as the Pastor Scott Show continues on the Monday edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. We've been talking about parental rights and the legislation that is going through in Sacramento that will give the government the right to essentially take away your kids if you don't agree with the decision your child has made on gender transition. Um, also some other thing. It always sounds crazy. Like we had Jennifer Kennedy in a few minutes ago. It always sounds crazy to say that kind of stuff. And on our show, we try to say, hey, is this crazy or not? And then uh, get into it a little bit. And, you know, the thing is, is that there's always an argument that says, no, it's really about this. It's not crazy. And it's about, you know, uh, rights and other things. But the way the law is written is so important. And we are seeing this in other countries. We are seeing it now in Washington State and here it is written in such a way that if your child runs away and goes to a a child shelter here in Los Angeles or San Diego or somewhere in California and they say my my mom or my dad won't let me have this gender surgery that I want or this uh sometimes it's an abortion sometimes it's there's other things on that list uh the government has the right to take your kids away to say to call your decision child abuse and you know uh, maybe not even a lot of kids are going to be caught up in that, but some really can. And this is an area, this is about policy too. This isn't about left and right. I mean, it's kind of like far left, right? But I think I think most of us think this is bad. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. How you doing, Pastor? Good, Ted. How are you today? Fantastic. Uh, Jennifer's is a sweetheart. I mean, what a what a knowledgeable woman. She does a great job, and she works hard, and she's just doing this for, for you and me and our kids. So um, it's great to have Amen. her on. Amen. And also, even further, I mean, you know, as Christians, we also need to know that Jay Seculo needs financing 
from us Christians through private donations, because this man will take it all the way to the Supreme Court, and we need knowledgeable people. And he's a fantastic Judeo-slash-Christian who believes in Jesus, and he lost a brother through this COVID. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that— uh, we can use and and we need a president that's 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 got that, that's the people's president that's willing to work with everybody it's not about being a star i've said this before you yeah. know well it's you know about, you, you know, know ted one of the things that uh, i think we're able to get across here in our show is that you know when the people get involved and we make those phone calls and we write our assembly person and our state senator and we write these people you can even write the president right we actually can make a difference even if that person in charge is completely opposed. But we have to do it. We have to make the phone call. We have to write the letter. And it only takes a few minutes, but it is completely, Amen. completely worth doing. Uh, Ted, yes, thank, thank you for calling uh, as you do. I hope that you're doing well. Is Monday a good day for you? Oh, God, yes. I love Mondays. I, I, I've never thought it was a bad Even when I uh, <laughs> was a uh, drunkard in my past life, I never was the type that would be, uh, oh, it's Monday. I always love to go to work. So that's why I, I love Mondays. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ted. I think it's B.B. King, uh, Wilbert, who has a song. Uh, at least I've heard him sing it. Where he, It's called like uh, Blue Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad. Blue song. Fats Domino. It says Fats Domino. Uh, I know that B.B. King's the one I hear sing it. A great song, you know. It's Terrible Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad. You know, and I... <laughs> And I guess that would be how Ted looks at it, probably from the positive side. Hey, uh, Monday's pretty good, and so is Tuesday. And it's all good if you know Jesus. 888-528-2557. Donna in Orange, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello, Pastor Scott. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I caught um, the end of the conversation between you and Jennifer, but I'm glad I turned the radio on and heard about these bills, because otherwise I would not have known about them. I think that's well, the, that's a big part of it, right? Is that how often do we have a clue what they're doing actually in Sacramento? Exactly, exactly. And to think that there's hundreds of these bills that are going across somebody's desk. Uh, but isn't this Wiener guy? Um, Scott Wiener is his name. Yeah, the dude that posted lewd. No, no, that's a, that's another himself. guy with the same name, different guy. Yeah, the Wiener. That, yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> That guy was in New York, and he was affiliated with uh, with uh, one of Hillary Clinton's advisors uh, back in the day. He he went to I feel like he went to jail or something. I don't remember. There was some kind of fraud that guy was involved in, but uh, they're probably related. Anyway, Donna, thank you so much for uh, calling the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, not the same guy, different guy. Um, and um, if you just joined us, Scott Weiner is a uh, assembly person from. Uh, San Francisco area, who is writing a lot of these bills that we're we're talking about. Uh, 888-528-2557. You know, parenting, it's an issue that I'm wondering if we, do you ever feel like you're just giving up as a parent? I hope that you don't. You know, I hope that you feel, that you can feel empowered. Don't give up. You know, there are so many things that are, I think, are hard for being a parent, but you know, you just have to stay engaged. There maybe there there's a lot of pressures that you didn't have to face when you were a kid or your parents didn't have to face. I don't know. I feel like every generation thinks that they've got it rough. But I think the principles are the same. You teach a child in the way they should go. 
you remain parent. You know, I, you know, there's a movement for some to, you want to be your kid's friend and, you know, you do want to be your kid's friend, but you want to be their parent way above being their friend. And that means saying no. Sometimes that means not being their friend in the sense of you're definitely their friend, but it means that you say no to things that you know are wrong for them and they don't know. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes kids are, you know, they understand things better than we think. It's still okay, you know, to stay no, to say no, to be involved and to understand what's happening with our kids. 888-528-2557. Susan in Newport Beach. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Just got Hi, Susan. Hi, um, Yes, I, um, I had a friend who worked um, for a senator, and he uh, took down um, letters. And yeah. when you write to a senator, you have to be short. Yes. Because if you, if you send a two-page letter, it still gets one check mark. That's right. That's right. So you just send, you you just send a short like vote no on these bills. You know, name yes. the bills and make it short, yes. and then stop and then send another one. You know, rather than making one long, like send multiple ones with the same message, and they'll get more checks. Yeah, Susan, you're right about that. I think people uh, and and don't send in the ones that somebody prints off for you and you just sign your name and mail it. That counts as one because they don't. You oh. know, write your own letter. Uh huh. Uh, but you're right. right. Keep it short. Right. Keep it short. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Susan, for okay. that. I think that's good advice. I think we ought to have somebody who answers letters. I got to do that once over the summer for a congressperson, and uh, it was a fantastic job. I got to open the mail and read the things that people write their congressmen. And I'll tell you two things. Number one, some of us crazy. There's one guy who was he lived in Temecula, and he he was writing his congressperson about uh, his neighbor who keeps run jumping the fence and running around in his backyard. And we got to write him a letter back that said, call the sheriff. That's who. But he wrote it, took time to write his congressman, but he got a response. And that's something I think you should know is that most of your representatives in either party, they are keeping track. And like she said, the check mark. They want to know how many people care enough to write. And if you don't write, then they don't know you care. And if you don't write, like we've heard, they may not even know they ought to go read the bill because they're just going off of whatever the, the summary is and what the summary of the bill is, what they've been told, what their party tells them to do. And this is why the citizens need to be involved in their citizen government with their representative. I, I believe there's a lot we can change if we just did that. I'm going to take one call real quick here. Liza in Simi Valley. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. We just have a few seconds, Liza. Thank you for taking my call. First of all, I'd like to say that when you have a a corrupt government and a corrupt senator and assemblyman, it's a waste of time to send a letter because they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. I mean, look, they are passing these bills. They're not having any um, uh, town hall meetings. They're not asking the public. They don't care. Well, Liza, I'm running out of time. I appreciate uh, your input on that. I think a lot of people feel like you do, Liza. And in some cases, I think you're right. But I think in some cases, the reason that they don't do any of that is because nobody calls them on it. And we have to do it. I think you write your letter. Thank you for calling Lies of the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, if you want the podcast of our show, you can find the Pastor Scott Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to the radio station website, keyword Scott. You can find it on there. All right, we'll be back with hour two of the Pastor Scott Show as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.